Hey there, friends. Before we get to a brand new episode of the official Do Good Better podcast, we want to thank you, the listener, for subscribing and sharing with all of your nonprofit friends. Most importantly, we need to be thanking the sponsors to this very show. Hey, if you're in the market for a CRM system that makes your life easier, there is no better item in your fundraising toolbox than DonorDoc. DonorDoc is not only the premier sponsor to the show, it is the premier and intuitive CRM system that not only has everything you want, but has zero things you don't. No one needs complicated, especially when you wear 10,000 different hats at your nonprofit. So get DonorDoc and use Do Good Better at checkout and get a month free to try it out. Thanks, DonorDoc, for being an awesome sponsor. Hey, speaking of life being easier, fundraising is not. And as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight and tips and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a more content, more done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to either commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, join Do Good University. Hey, it's our brand new membership site. We have hours and hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the entire Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions. All of that is for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes for details. Hey, get ready for another episode of the official Do Good Better podcast. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. Uh, if you have been a listener of the show for a very long time, we've got a, a pretty fantastic uh, lineup of supporters. One of them is uh, One Cause. If you have never uh, checked them out, if you've never been a part of uh, any one of their events, or you've never been uh, doing your you know sort of special events and haven't used them, you should. Number one, uh, number two, they put on some of like the best educational uh, seminars that uh, that you can be a part of. They've got their pulse on everything as far as fundraising goes, and I've had the pleasure of sort of being involved in uh, in the one cause uh, world as uh, as it as seems for the last couple of years. Uh, one of the things that was intriguing uh, recently was I got a little notification that their uh, CEO uh, was writing a book, which instantly, you know how we are here at uh, the official Do Good Better podcast. We love uh, nerding out about all things uh, leadership and books and fundraising and that kind of thing. Hey, guess what? We pulled some strings and we actually got CEO of One Cause on the show. Uh, Steve Johns, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast, my friend. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm grateful for your time and your perspective and all these things. And I, what I love most about this is, and we'll, we'll dive into uh, to your new book. Uh, which I'm extremely uh, excited a to uh, to you know sort of talk about, but b it it starts with the idea of being fearless, and I think we uh, you know when in the nonprofit world we are always challenged with a million and a half things, and we wear ten thousand different hats, and it can be 
It could be scary to open up your email, let alone show up at your office, and then deal with the really incredible things that uh, that we are trying to make our uh, community better. So I'm so glad that we get to talk about that. But first, we know how this grows. Uh, if uh, nobody's ever yeah. heard of uh, One Cause or you yourself, I think you should introduce. Uh, so if you can have like a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do, and why we're talking today. Uh, thank you. Happy to do that. So I am the CEO of One Cause. One Cause sells software in integrated payments to help fundraisers uh, raise more money and connect with more donors. And we've been doing this for about 14 years now. I've been the CEO of One Cause. We used to be called BidPal. Uh, we were um, that was uh, our, our origin name. And I've been the CEO for eight years. And and I came here with about 30 years of experience behind me in leadership roles in technology, finance, venture capital. And, you know, at, at basically, I, it came down to I was looking to do something with more impact that that had a greater purpose. And I found one cause and, and I uh, just love what I do. Um, we're, we're here to talk about fearless leadership lessons at the crossroads, which I'm very excited about. Um, and, and again, um, I'm excited to start our virtual book tour with you, Patrick. Here we are. We get number one. And this is kind of number fa- one. Is, number one. Fantastic. Well, I think maybe I want to kind of start there um, because if we're coming from the for-profit corporate world and going and diving into, you know, the nonprofit realm where impact and purpose uh, really leads. Um can you describe kind of the change maybe in your perspective from when you came from corporate to this nonprofit sort of centric business uh, model and kind of what was, what were the differences that you saw right away? Yeah, I appreciate that. And and I would say this, I had a moment and it was, it was this moment that, that I was trying to, I was searching for something. I was trying to find what I didn't have in my current uh, professional life. And I was reading a magazine. It was uh, uh, with Bill Bill Gates and Bill Clinton on the cover. It was a Wired magazine article about how they were using their 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 success in their first career to to do good in their second careers. And I literally put it down on the beach and I said to my wife, "That's it. That's what's mis- missing in my life. I'm missing that purpose. I'm missing mission." And so this opportunity came to me, and I, I and I couldn't turn it down. And so what's changed is that that the the beneficiaries of all of the work that we do, the beneficiaries of all of the things that 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 people at One Cause, and we are a we're our we are a for profit entity. We're a commercial entity, but our mission is to help nonprofits achieve their mission, and we provide the technology that and the digital fundraising solutions that help them. And we do we invest in that long term innovation that nonprofits aren't allowed to do. Um, and so what we want to do is we, we want to say, listen, you, you can count on us to be there for you and we'll continue to innovate and we'll drive new fundraising technology to help you in your mission. I say, that's what, that's the big thing that's, that's missing between, you know, that, that for-profit world and that nonprofit world is the cause and the mission and the purpose. Yeah. You know, what you said was really interesting. And I think a lot of nonprofit leaders have that same sort of uh, experience, right? They come to come to school. They're in the, the for-profit realm, and they're looking for that missing piece. Uh, and that everybody kind of starts at a nonprofit, but we all become accidental fundraisers. Yeah. There's not like a BA yeah. in annual giving or a, a, a sort of like a bachelor of science in how you put together virtual events. Like there's not a class wow. or a course like that. So we all become these accidental fundraisers and, and are trying to look for solutions in a very crowded space. Um, and what you said was really interesting is that you've got long-term solutions rather than quick fixes. Um, I'm hoping that you can, uh, you know, sort of maybe 
talk a little bit about that because I think as a nonprofit leader, we think of like, I got a quick fix, but that doesn't solve this sort of like long-term relationship building uh, sort of uh, theme that we need to keep in the front of our minds, even though we're probably desperate for money coming in right away. But if you don't concentrate on what that looks like down the road, that's kind of impossible. How does one cause, or how do you, how do you kind of think about that as a, as a CEO uh, of a of a tech company helping nonprofits develop those long term relationships to give a, sort of a sense of okay, I got somebody on my side, kind of can walk me through a very complicated, very unpaved road that I'm on right. as a accidental fundraiser. Yeah, I guess what I'll do is I'll also answer that uh, to history. We've been around for 14 years. So, so we aren't just the quick fix. We we've been around, we've been helping nonprofits from the first nonprofit that the, the, the company brought on in 2008. I wasn't here, but um, we've been doing that for, for that long of a period of time. And the other thing that I'll do is I'll, I'll bridge this a little bit to, to the book and to, to the, the, the kind of the origin story of, of being fearless and, and, and leading through the the challenges that we're facing the pandemic. And that is the challenge that we faced wasn't just the 200 or or so people at one cause that I am 100% committed to. It was the 6,000 nonprofit customers who had active subscriptions to our fundraising software, who were counting on us, who were relying on us for the literally hundreds of millions of dollars of fundraising proceeds that they had planned from March 14th, which was the day that that that, that in-person events stopped to the end of the year. And, and, and we that was that was our call to action. We knew that what we needed to to respond to was bigger than just the existential threat to one cause. It was the existential threat to one cause and our customers and their fundraising. And we need to go to go to action and we needed to take that action. And, and, and again, that's why that, that's why it was like so important for us to do everything that we did um, um, during that period of time. You know, it, it's funny that, um, that, that the March 14th, I think we'll all have PTSD from that kind of day where everything kind of just shut down. And I, yeah, I, it's like, it's like all the major events in history where you kind of remind yourself like, oh boy, I know where I was that day when everything kind of uh, stopped is, you know, and, and the other thing too, where I think I love most about the nonprofit world, and I think you probably have that same inkling is that our whole nonprofit, everything was the reason that we kind of maybe even survived as a as a as a as a group of humanities, right? So the arts and the culture and the things that we watched in isolation helped save us. The yes. the food distributions and the food banks and the meals that were dropped off to to the elderly that couldn't get out of their house. That was what saved them. Like, can you talk a little bit about that first step or that first moment where it kind of dawned on you that th- everything now is completely changed and where that terrifying moment to kind of link into this fearless, like where you're, where you're looking around going, Whoa, the, everything that we need to think about is gone. Where's that moment and kind of maybe walk through your brain as a CEO, right? Being all this, where, when did that click? So it's interesting that you say that Patrick about the date, because in one of my updates, I did, I did that very thing. I said, September 11th, I said, you know, December 7th. And I said, you know, March 14th might be that date, whether it's March 11th or 14th, but for us, it was Saturday, March 14th. 
that date will live in infamy for us in terms of when it really truly began when we saw the impact. You know, we sent everybody home on March 17th. And 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 what I would say is this, we we like to say that we, you know, that that when when you get on an airline and they say put your masks on first before you help um others. Well, that's what we needed to do. We needed to create a plan for for the sustainability of one cause, which we did. And then we went to work to create a sustainability plan for our customers. And we literally began to call every one of our customers who had fundraising events starting next week, in two weeks, three weeks, in four weeks, and asking them, what is your plan? Are you going to reschedule? Do you want to go virtual? So so we began this process of, of, of one by one. Uh, contacting the customers that have events that were coming up and really helping them figure out what they were going to do next and provide them solutions for what, what we would help them do next. And in fact, you know, it wasn't just limited to our customers. I wanted to say that too, because we stood up, we called it the COVID-19 Resource Center. I think it became the Virtual Event Resource Center, but that was available to everyone who could who who knew that one cause was involved in fundraising everyone whether you're a one cause customer or not could go to the website and get ideas for uh create creative ways to to continue to fundraise despite the fact that people couldn't come together and gr- together in groups of 500 or 1000 or even 50 at that time uh there, there's an anecdote that I want to share here too because our customers just displayed not only their resilience, but their incredible creativity. And we had, and, and my weekly updates included these success stories of customers um, displaying displaying creativity. And, and one of them really stuck with me. It was a nonprofit whose cause was homelessness. And in order to stay within the social distancing rules that were being provided, they very creatively created a, a fundraising uh, event that was in a church parking lot where everyone was sleeping in their cars overnight. It was like a night in the cold, I think was the theme of it. And they were simulating what it was like to, to, to spend just one night in your car. But they did that as a fundraiser, social distanced, not in, in person, but not you know uh, next to each other. And again, displayed uh, empathy for their cause, as well as creativity for continuing to fundraise. So that's just one of Hundreds of stories that 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 were told um, and that we helped make happen uh, during these in- incredible times. You know, when you're calling some of these uh, customers of yours and you're walking through them, what were, were some of the things you created? You know, as you're as you're building the plane while you're flying, or those yeah. or wherever you know, however mental, uh, you know, sort of visualization you want. Did did the reactions uh, and sort of responses of the nonprofits as they're working in real time inspire one cause and maybe even yourself to kind of say, okay, well, if these individual groups are doing this, well, why can't we do this? And it, were you taking inspiration yeah. from the calls that you're making out of the gate, trying to test and and see how they were doing and how you could help, Patrick? And in fact, that's why I, I'm so happy with the way that the book has 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 really uh, turned out. Because although you know my name will be on it as the author, um, it's not about me. It's not about one cause. It's about working together, one cause and myself and and our nonprofit customers in in this in this shared relationship, in this shared experience of really, to your point, feeding off of each other and really learning from each other. And you know, uh, how many times 
we, t- we talk about, you know, what does it make, what does it, what does it take to be a leader or what is a good leader? And sometimes um, a CEO will not sometimes accept the vulnerability that's required to be a good leader. And sometimes a CEO, it's hard for a CEO to say, I don't know the answer. So we use code words for that, right? We said, well, there's no been, there's never been a playbook written for this, or we're, we're calling it unprecedented times. Those are just code words for, I don't know what to do. <laughs> we really don't know what to do next. And so, and so we learned from each other and we, and we got through it in that way. And so again, that's why I said, I'm so happy with the way that the book turned out because it's not about me. It's not about one cause. It's about this big collection, this big community working together uh, to to overcome what had had truly never we had truly never experienced before and learning from each other. And listen, one of the learnings was um, our our technology was already able to be used in a virtual setting. We were just bringing everybody together in ballrooms, but you could already use, it was a mobile device. You could already use our software to to do virtual or distributed or online fundraising with a digital solution. And so it's one of the things that helped us continue to say, hey, it's okay. And in fact, we have helped nonprofits fundraise through disaster. They haven't been global disasters, but they have been local disasters. So if you're a, a Gulf state and you're planning a fundraiser and a hurricane rips through your neighborhood, you might still want to do a fundraiser that night, but you can just do it on a virtual basis. Um, on the West Coast, we helped nonprofits continue to fundraise through the threats of these wildfires that continue to rage through their communities. And we 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 just had never experienced this on a global basis, but we had helped nonprofits fundraise through uh, disasters before. Well, you said it's something really interesting that it's uh, that it's not about you; it's about you know everybody else. And I think that resonates with a lot of nonprofits. Is it's not about them; it's about the donor. And I think you're 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 almost extending that donor centric you know, mentality to the nonprofit centric mentality as a CEO of a company trying to reach out. And I think that's super relatable. Right. Was there, was there a moment where you realized that your honesty of not knowing what was going to happen or what was going on gave you almost an extra set of fuel to kind of create um, where you didn't have to sort of sit by the buzzwords. You can go, we don't know, we're going to learn from you and this is what we're going to do. Because that, if we're going to tie this back as we get into a little more detail in the book, that's a real fearless and like that's a fearless action to take to say that out loud and then to ask for perspective and and almost uh, creativity from those that you're serving. And that's and that's a ma- that's a massive risk, but it seems like I, I get insider baseball on this because I get involved a lot with the cause, but it seems like it was just a really good payoff. But what a risk it was to take. A hundred percent. Again, I think that that we needed we needed to be able to say and to and to to speak with that vulnerability that we are working together with you to come up with solutions. We we don't have the answers. We we this is truly, and I know that everyone gets caught up in these buzzwords, and I'm okay. This is truly <laughs> unprecedented, you know. Like that's okay. Let's say that, you know, and 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 it truly was unprecedented. So so to your point. That ga- almost gave us permission, or that gave us the leeway to, mm-hmm. to to maybe go about it in a different way. And I think, and I hope, 
those relationships that we establish during those tough times. You know, if you think about if you think about people that you have a shared experience with and you've endured a tough time together, that's a bond that 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 you establish that that is a, a lifelong bond. You always have that. And I think that the 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 people at one cause, that the one causers who who worked together to get through that and our nonprofit organizations that we worked together with, we we had a shared experience that we went through and we got through that together and we're here on the other side and it feels good. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, I think that that's part of that relationship that we talked about before about, and we want to be here for the next decade to take care of the needs of those organizations um, for the, for the next decade, come what may. Yeah. You know, a lot of people um, could write a book. A lot of people write a lot. Uh, not everybody does write a book, right? Uh, it, it's they're, they're, we're kind of an ex- exclusive club of insane people that say, well, you know what, this is a really good idea. I'm going to take everything jumbled up in my brain. I'm going to put it on paper. Right. Um, what was the inspiration to write it in book form rather than maybe article after article after article? And what, what sort of tipped you to one, you know, public or published version of all right. these collected stories rather than just kind of a series of webinars and, and chats like this? So, so it, I, I was smiling when you used the word accidental earlier because <laughs> I am an accidental author. <laughs> this we did not set out to write a book, yeah. and so and so you know the origin story here is as I said we we had to make some some hard choices in terms of you know like making sure that one cause was going to be around for a while, and that was make, make, making some financial reorganizations and restructuring of the company and and getting getting solid. And my commitment to the team was our way back from this. We don't know. We don't know when the pandemic is going to be over. And it's not going to be able to be measured on the calendar, but it's going to be able to be measured by our financial performance and the success of our customers. And so as a result, I'm going to commit to you. And I went dot, dot, dot and weekly uh, on our way back. And so I committed on, I think it was March 26th or something to a weekly update to the company on how we're doing in terms of financials, how how our cu- customers are doing in terms of fundraising. And then what I decided to do, and it, it was just kind of natural, is I just started writing, let's call it other lessons, other um, inspiration that I was deriving, whether it was from my morning inspirational app that I listened to every morning, whether to your point, it was television, whether it was uh, a headline and or, or whether it was a conversation that I was having. And what I would bring then would would I would try and create stories of you know, how how would that apply to you as we now are all fully remote? We distributed on March seventeenth, and we really never came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 how do we keep that culture going um, as we're all remote? And for me, what this became is this became that 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 tether that that kept us all tethered together, and everyone you know. I remember writing letters and I remember receiving letters. Some of some people listening to this podcast do not remember letters, but this was my letter to the company that they received every week. And the feedback that I got was, Steve, I couldn't wait to get that that letter because I was in a bad spot or I was in a pretty dark place or I wasn't, I didn't know how to deal with what I was dealing with. And somehow you managed to 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 know what I was thinking or give me the words or give me a little bit of encouragement, whether that is in time management or mindfulness or 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 just overcoming obstacles in, in your path. And, and that's what that collection then. And again, Patrick, I was writing this weekly. 
writing this weekly. And then in the summer of 2021, my marketing team gave me a gift. And that gift was a bound copy of the last year of updates. And we all, I, first of all, I started reading it and I couldn't believe, I mean, I got really emotional about some of the first updates that I wrote, like the situation that we were in. But we jokingly, half jokingly, maybe not jokingly said, there might be a book here. Like, this is interesting, uh, this kind of compilation of updates. And so we use that and form the foundation for the chapters. And we wrote introductions to those. And we didn't do it chronologically. So it isn't just from you know March 14th to the present. We took them and we grouped them in themes. And, and, and we wrote introduction uh, uh, um, kind of sections to those themes. And that really is how Fearless came together. It was really a collection of these weekly updates that, hey, listen, if somebody told me, hey, sit down and write a book, no way. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but if but it, it just came together over um, two, I mean, did I think it was going to take two and a half years? No. Never, you know, listen, we're not all Stephen Kings. We don't, we don't <laughs> right. have that. We have that ability to churn out books like that. Um, one of the things that I that I really like about your process by which you documented, um, you know, your updates is I think it's a really good template for openness at nonprofits to almost replicate kind of sure. your your leadership style in saying here's where we are and here's where we're going. I think a lot of communication issues at nonprofits are really easily solved by just opening up a little bit rather than, you know, sort of contracting. Um, How did that shift the culture? I know you're going through this culture, you know, uh, stretch of comfortability by sending everybody home. Everybody's virtual. That's kind of crazy. Did you notice anything when you opened up and you were almost like, hey, everybody has a view of where we are financially. Here's some projections. Here's some concerns we have, et cetera. Did you notice anything that kind of tweaked when you started doing that, and Patrick, that was that was my continued fuel because you can imagine week after week sitting down and crafting this update. You know it 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 takes some work, and 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 the fuel that 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 I received was the input from the team, the responses, that the thank yous, the sharing of the personal stories, the please. Please keep doing this. If you're thinking about not doing it, I know that it's a lot of work. Please keep doing it. And 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 that was the fuel that really kept me going. And 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 again to, to your to your earlier point, when you open up, when you're transparent, when you're vulnerable, when you tell the truth, good things flow from that. Mm-hmm. And 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 I want to say, I'm gonna use the word hope because. I I have used the word hope because th- I was sending out messages of hope, but it wasn't false hope. It wasn't hope built on on wishes and desires. It was hope built on a vision and built on an action plan for getting to that vision and a message that we will get through this together. Together, mm-hmm. I don't know when, but we will get through this together. In fact, in April of 2020. I think it was late, late April. I wrote this, one of my updates, and it's in the book. I promise you the following things are going to happen, whether you believe that or not. We are once again going to shake hands with each other. We are once again going to greet each other with a hug. We're once again going to be able to go to a movie or go on a date or go to church or go to the gym or, or go to a fundraising event. 
these are things that we had been taken away from us for, for that period of time. And there were actually people who were writing saying, we're never going to shake hands again. And I just said, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. just not true. And, and so it was, but, but, but you have to tell the truth. And it, sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's hard, but, but if you accompany that with a vision uh, and an action plan, you can have hope. It's just not false hope. Part of that is, uh, I think a lot of nonprofits get worried about having big, hairy, audacious goals, right? They don't, they don't like projecting these big things that you talked about, like, we're going to get back together. We're going to hug. We're going to high five. We're going to, you know, uh, have events again, saying those things out loud and manifesting them as there's a fear of them not coming true. And then there's this fear of like, okay, the consequences of me saying this and not having it happen are X, Y, and Z. And then you just go into this anxiety ridden mode. Was there anything that you, that didn't work while you sort of tested and AB tested a lot of these things that didn't work that you projected, like we're going to throw some of our efforts at this. It didn't work. And what was the result of that being, we don't know if it's going to work. I'm fearful of it, but looks like we came out smelling like roses, even though we didn't know what was going to happen. Because I think that trepidation of making decisions in a nonprofit where other people are involved, those are that you have either employees or those that you serve. I think there's this worry that we have if we do something wrong, therefore we're not going to think big. So I would say when I think about that, the the only time that maybe we, we, that in my communication, I, I went wrong, something went wrong was whenever I tried to put a date or some sort of certainty in there. Don't ever do that. Don't do that. (laughs) So I, and I remember looking back at some of my silly, my silly updates that said, you know, well, the, the governor of the state is, you know, so let's say this is 2020. The governor of the state is saying, we're going to get back to work in July. So let's kind of start to talk about what's going to happen in July when we're all back in the office. Wrong. Like insane. Like, why would we ever have thought that that was going to happen? So I stopped doing that. And so, you know, and so I just started talking about light at the end of the tunnel. I started talking about we're going to get there. We don't know. And the other thing that I stopped doing because I didn't know how long it was going to in my early updates, I said, well, we're three and a half weeks into the pandemic. Well, we're six weeks into the pandemic. Well, we're two months into the pandemic. I just stopped doing it because it just became a negative. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, why would I say, well, we're now a year into the pandemic. Oh, man. So, so I, I started, I, I stopped uh, doing that kind of uh, countdown as well. So there was no, there was no date that was ever going to be a date that you could count on uh, during this time. You know, it's, it's funny because I think nonprofits can listen to this and go, okay, well, you know, if we're going to, we're going to reach this goal by next week. Well, you probably aren't, you know, it, it's not about when it's, it's about getting to the goal, the goal. right? If that's yeah. where you're going to go, always project. And so I think what a wonderful lesson that people can learn as they're listening to this, where, okay, if I've got a project, if I've got a program that we're trying to fundraise for, you know, use these strategies that you're using and reading on and fearless about how, okay, well, it's, let's be transparent. Let's be, let's be positive. Let's have big, hairy, audacious goals, but let's get to the goal. It's not the date by which you get here. It's that, that long-term, pro- right? We talked about that a little bit earlier. Exactly. It's a long-term relationship process that keeps going on and on. Um, I, you know, a lot of the things, and again, as, as somebody who's written a book, uh, who had the, uh, 
who's a part of the crazy kid club that that did yeah. some of this thing um doing this in a vacuum people said like hey congratulations on you writing the book and you're like yeah i did but and then it's like an ellipsis worth like a list of like a half a dozen people who had some sort of part to it whether it was an inspiration or an edit or a design or whatever um I'm assuming that like me, you're kind of in that same realm where there was so much inspiration that you drew from or individuals that kind of helped create some of that kind of stuff. Is there a handful that you just go without these people, I couldn't do X, Y, and Z? Of course there is. Um, I, I've, I've made something of a commitment to not list names because at the risk of forgetting um, someone's name. Um, <laughs> Again, not, uh, here's an amendment uh, to our previous statement. Don't give dates and then don't promise to list all names. That's a good one too. Right, yeah, Because it's never going to be comprehensive. Um, and so, and so, you know, the, the marketing team here at one cause is, is just amazing. And, 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 and in, in, in addition to doing raise and doing all things marketing for one cause, we worked together to, to make fearless happen. And, and so it, it's, it's really a tribute to, to them, but again, fearless was written every every week right fearless was inspired every week whether that was by something i read something someone did something one of our customers did something uh, a donor did on behalf something someone said about um how we helped them uh, get through a period of time it was maybe even someone on the team who wrote me a a, a response to last week's update that that inspired me for this week's update so again Fearless was written over the course of a year and a half, two years. And so there, uh, to your point, there's far too many people to thank. There's far too many people to acknowledge um, other than to say it is just a community of, of input and inspiration that has resulted in um, a book that we're extremely uh, excited and proud of. I'm uh, I'm just I'm really ecstatic that that you that you have this and what I think is really going to be interesting is that you're going to look back every single week where you actually do updates continuously you're like boy that would have been a good chapter too or that would have been good here here and here I can imagine that this is going to be an updated version every other uh, every other year where you're like I gotta make an addendum because all of these <laughs> things lean on um, how can so you know I'm a nonprofit leader. Um, I get this book uh, where you click on the links and the notes where we have, so you get uh, on the list. So just an FYI, go to the yeah. show notes after the show. But I imagine somebody reading this, um, how do you want them to read this? Like what kind of mindset do you want them to read this in? Is this a, a fundraising only book? Is this a leadership only book where, you know, somebody's got a million and a half, we say 10,000 different hats they're wearing. Where do you want them to approach opening up that first page mentally and and where do you think that journey helps them in their nonprofit role regardless of what they're doing whether as a development person back end specialist maybe event coordinator whatever how do you want them to absorb some of these nuggets of of leadership lessons that you have created here yeah i i would say this the story of fearless started with uh going into action as a result, and 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 because of the pandemic, but if I, if there's one message I want to leave, that it is not just about how we managed and and led through a pandemic. It is how we led and managed through disruption and change and crisis. And this is what we face every single day. Maybe not on that scale. Maybe not on that magnitude. But every single day we face 
uncertainty and, and, and change and, and we get knocked off our path and we have to figure out, okay, what do we do next? And I think that's what the book is about. And, and if you, if you're really, and I was insistent on this from, from an organizational structure standpoint, Mm -hmm. after every chapter, because we call it leadership lessons at the crossroads, after Mm -hmm. every chapter, there's three or four, maybe two leadership lessons. So even if you just didn't want to read the book and you just looked at the end of every chapter, you could, and it's 18 chapters, three times three is what, 54. Uh, There are 54 lessons that you could learn um, about leadership and overcoming adversity and and being resilient and and reacting to change that I think could be helpful in any event, in, in, in just in daily life. And so, yes, and yes, it's appropriate for any member of a nonprofit, whether you're a development director or whether you're the executive director or whether you've just joined um, uh, straight out of school and you're, you're new on your career. It's really about how do I deal with change um, in adversity? Um, and, and in fact, it's it, it, it really is about, and, and when I say and everyone at one cause knows this because they've they've already read the book in in weekly updates. <laughs> um, and and my whole my whole message on leadership is this. I, and it, it started with a quote that, I, and I don't know who to attribute it to, but it was being a good leader is about inspiring others to lead. And so that's in my view, I may be the CEO of the company, and me that lead the word leader might go with CEO of the company. But my message to one cause. We're all leaders. You're all leaders. Yeah. You're 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 leading in and and I hope that I can inspire you to lead with my message. And that would be the same message that I would give to any any person who's a member of a nonprofit who reads this book is you're a leader. Um, you may you may not be the executive director, but you are a leader in your organization. And I think that you can learn something from this book. I think that was, and I love that you, because that was exactly where I was going with it, some of these leadership lessons that you have at the end of it, because I got a little bit of a preview, which is, which is delightfully wonderful. And I appreciate the, uh, the sure. super inside baseball kind of thing, but, you know, part of that honesty um, as a, as a source of, uh, as a source of strength, not sort of fear, which I think is just a wonderful right. little uh, piece of lesson, but that we are all leaders piece. Um, is so important, I think, when we constantly worry about us with the logistics of something, or maybe I spelled something wrong, or maybe I didn't call back that donor in time, and we're worried and anxious about some of these very small things when, you know, people who are donors are looking to us to say, how can I help? Well, your answer there is very leadership-driven. You know, we can do this, this, and this. You know, you you can be empowered to take your talking points, even if you just answer the phone. You're, uh, you know, part of the reception team at a nonprofit, or you're a volunteer at a nonprofit who has been empowered or who has been given talking points to spread the message about what that nonprofit does in the community, regardless of your role. That's leadership. And, and to not worry necessarily about the, the tiny mistakes you could make, but if you've got this you know, holistic vision of honesty and sort of um, audacious uh, you know, uh, dedication to impact or whatever your nonprofit does, that puts you in that leadership category. And I like this almost unifying universal term for leadership here within the book that almost empowers people, regardless of role, to take a lead in you know, how you make impact in the community. It's brilliant as a, as a, as a theme going through the entire book. 
I appreciate that. And, and what, what I thought of as you were talking, Patrick, was uh, um, part of the one of the inspirations in the book is around time management. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the time management chapter is about the Eisenhower matrix and, and the Eisenhower matrix is truly what was inspirational to Stephen Covey and my, my, uh, in the, in the urgent and important matrix. Yeah. And so, and so it, in fact, the way that I write it was like, wait a minute, I thought this was Stephen Covey's idea. And, you know, and, and every, we're all discovering that it was actually, um, uh, president Eisenhower's, um, way of managing time. And he did a pretty good job of it. He did a lot of things in, in, in his career. Mm-hmm. And so what you were talking about was like eliminating. So, so what I said is this, the one thing in the world that we all have the same amount of is time. No matter how wealthy you are, you haven't invented the 25th hour of the day. You, you can't buy it. Everyone has 24 hours in their day. And then how do you use that? And, and the, the, and so what I, my, my chapter or my update that time was, I know that you're all stressed. I know that you're all trying to balance the kids running around at home and homeschooling, and you're trying to get all these things done for one cause. And I appreciate it. So what I want to do is help give you the gift of time and by giving you the, but but you're going to give it to yourself because you're going to identify what is not urgent and not important and stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And 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 focus on the things that are urgent and important, and do a little bit more of the things that are important and not urgent. Because those are those are the things that are so valuable that we don't do, like reading a book, learning a language, teaching yourself to do something, sharpening the saw. If I can keep the Covey metaphor going, mm-hmm. um, improving just your your the way that you approach life, and so and so. Of course, the urgent and important things are the things that have to get done. You have to get those done. But what we tend to not do are those things that we don't consider to be urgent, but are incredibly important to us in our professional development and our personal development and our development of our relationships with our spouse and, and our kids. And that's what we need to focus in on. And so it's just really about how do I use this, this, this time, this allocation of time that we all have the same of in a better way. If uh, if you're ever a listener to the show, uh, you know that we are big proponents of time management and especially spending time making sure that you're carving out things not only for yourself, but for your donors and yes. not only asking them for money and checking in on them themselves, right? A big le- big part of leadership is exactly what Steve was talking about here was, is how are you doing? How are you feeling? What what can I do to help? What can we do as an organization to get you information or whatever? And remember, it's not about you. It's about them. That's a leader. It's about your employees. It's about a nonprofit. It's about your donors. I mean, so all of these things are just wonderful themes that I think nonprofits know deep in their heart, right? We, yes. we know it intuitively, but sometimes it takes a little bit of practice and repetition and somebody like, Steve Johns to tell us about this and his brand new upcoming book, Fearless. Steve, how on earth do we get on a waiting list to get this book in our hands? Where do we go? How do we uh, stalk you on the internet to learn all the the new fun things that are coming out about One Cause? Where do we go for all this information? Well, I appreciate you asking. We we have a website, fearlessfundraisers.com, fearlessfundraisers.com. I hope we'll put a link in there somewhere for that. That's where we'll be taking pre-orders for the book there. And we hope that the book will be available in late fall, early winter, maybe in time for the holiday season. Um, maybe. I love you, it. you know what everyone on my list is getting. <laughs> <laughs> this is the easiest Christmas you've ever gone through. It is. In the history of it. 
Um, as always, uh, with every one of our uh, fantastic guests, we're going to have those in the show notes and we'll get direct links there. We'll also get you a direct link to one cause, uh, probably a couple of other, maybe, I don't know, super cool webinar replays that we've done from maybe some of their raised 2022 events or 2021. We've got those as well. We're going to give you a direct link there. And by the way, if you're on the internet clicking around, you haven't subscribed to this podcast, shame. This is the type of high quality five-star guest that we get here. So subscribe. 100%. Tell everybody about it to go share this particular episode with your favorite nonprofit leader, because this is the type of book that reminds people that they can make a difference. And it's okay to make some of those really difficult things. It's okay to have a little trepidation, but be fearless. You're nonprofit fundraisers. And then get back here uh, to uh, go click around and go to fearlessfundraisers.com. And we will link that in the bio. And while you're at it uh, too, uh, sign up for Duke University. You know you want to. It's going to be fantastic. It's the best membership site you'll ever get. Steve, um, first of all, I would need to say thank you personally for um, inviting me a number of years ago to kind of uh, have a webinar. It was a random webinar that we got connected with. And from there, I have had just the best relationship uh, with One Cause. Uh, we recommend that as an event platform for really one of uh, every event that any fundraiser does because it's just so wonderful. It's just a kind of a, a wonderful relationship. Uh, thank you so much for writing a book that I think is uh, topical and it's meaningful in the leadership role to remind people how awesome they are. But mostly thank you for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. And I do want to, to put in one good word for Raise 2023. Thank you for your 21 and 22 plugs. But Raise 23 will be in Nashville this year in yes, September. Yes. And we will have plenty of copies of Fearless to pass out to anyone who's in person at Raise 2023 in Nashville. Get your, get your cowboy boots ready. Get, get them all signed up. Dust them off. Dust them off. Have a party doing the exact same thing. Steve, Thanks, thank you Patrick. so much for being a guest. Thanks so much for what you do. Appreciate your time perspective and your general awesomeness here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you. Fundraising is hard, and as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight and tips and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a lot more content, done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, I want to invite you to join Do Good University. It's our brand new membership site. We're going to have hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions, all for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes for details.